The Denver Broncos could be without their punter and kicker this week against the Kansas City Chiefs. Could they look at bringing in somebody from the outside? What about our good friend Pat McAfee? I made the pitch to him on social media. Plus, we dive into whether or not the Broncos could move on from several veteran options this upcoming offseason. And then we take a look at what are the odds between the Broncos drafting a quarterback versus going with the free agency trade route. You get that and much more on today's brand new episode, Locked on Broncos. What's up, Broncos country? Welcome back into a brand new episode of Lockdown Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast here on the Lockdown NFL Network, your team every day from the South Stands to the end zone. I'm your host, as always, Cody Rourke, and this is my co-host to my right here. It's Sarah Bettinger. Both of us, we cover the Denver Broncos for the Lockdown Network and Nine News. Make sure you follow, subscribe, free and available everywhere you get your podcast, Lockdown Broncos. Not to mention, you can watch us on YouTube. Hit that subscribe button, turn on notifications so you never miss out on all the action of Broncos country. Thank you once again for making Lockdown Broncos. Broncos, your first listen of the day, every single day. Sarah, my friend, hey, it's great to see you. Broncos, no practice on Tuesday, but they're going to be back on the practice field on Wednesday. And, you know, like I said, hopefully they can get some guys back from the COVID list, but they're going to be entering this week potentially without their kicker and without their punter. What are the Broncos going to do here? (laughs) I think it creates kind of an interesting situation, doesn't it? I mean, we might get to see the real-life version of the way that we all used to play Madden or maybe still play Madden to this day. <laughs> screw punting, you know, screw extra points. We're, we're going to go for every fourth down, and we're going to go for two every single time we score. On the, other, on the other side, you can't quit like you can quit in Madden. You know, you can X out of the game. You don't, you don't convert enough of those fourth downs. So, like, what happens, you know, you continually just give the ball back to the Chiefs of all teams – you know, in Broncos territory all throughout the game. I mean, the possibilities are fun, but some of them sound kind of like it could get this game into an ugly state pretty pretty quickly. But I like, hey, I like your idea. You got to reach out to Pat McAfee. He knows Tom McMahon. So I like that idea. You know, I did. And here's my plea to, to Pat McAfee. I tweeted him and said, hey, look, brother, we may need you this week. And here's why. No no, Brandon McManus, potentially. No Sam Martin, potentially. They could clear. The Broncos hope that they can clear by Saturday. But you never know. If they continue to have symptoms, let's say, as of today, guess what? They're out. So I reached out to Pat McAfee and said, hey, look, I can't promise you much, Pat. I can promise you a free beer, courtesy of myself, and a year's worth of Bilt Bar. You know, I think that's a very appealing deal. And then everybody else started replying saying, hey, you know, we'll also offer you this. We'll offer you this. So Pat McAfee, if you're watching, hammer it down, my friend. Come to Denver for a week. Boom it up at altitude and, and, you know, help end the playoffs, uh, you know, hopes for a one seed here for the Kansas City Chiefs. We would love it. But, you know, Sarah, obviously the unlikely nature here from multiple reports saying the Broncos not looking to bring in any punters or kickers this week. So let's say that they don't clear, right? What happens? I mean, how do you navigate that? Look, you mentioned the illusion of going for it on fourth down consistently like everybody does in Madden. Imagine if the NFL had a rule where a quarterback could just throw it up on fourth down. You know what they do? They throw it literally to the sideline on fourth down. They'd probably roll out, throw it as far as they can, out of bounds there. That's probably why they don't have a rule like that. That's probably why, because that would eliminate the punter position entirely from the NFL. So, I mean, we're not going to see a Drew Locke rocket punt, but you know what we have seen in the past from NFL quarterbacks where they're in the shotgun, they get it, and then they just quick, you know, quick punt. If Tom Brady can punt the football, Drew Locke can probably do it as well. So, I I don't know. I'm going to be very intrigued here. But you also mentioned something as well. Going for it on fourth down every time would not be ideal, right? But even at that same point, 
it could lead to the Chiefs. You mentioned it. I think you tweeted out. They could score 100 points if that's the case. Like, if you if you go for it on the 20-yard line and you don't get it, they just get easy field position. I don't know. Mm-hmm. What a weird dilemma here. It is weird. It would give a whole new meaning to the field position battle, wouldn't it? I mean, it would be like the Chiefs would be almost excited to punt because it would give them potentially way better field position, you know? So I think it's, I think it's interesting. What would be most interesting to me – Obviously, you have, you know, punting, you have field goals and extra points. You could you could easily figure out what you're going to do there. What about if you do score? What do you do on a kickoff? Right. I mean, how 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 do you manage that without a kicker? Who kicks the ball off? Do you just constantly have like, you know, a built in onside kick? So I don't know. I mean, that would be fascinating to see. I remember I think it was uh, I can't remember if it was Casey Kreider or not, Cody, but I I know some of these specialist guys. They're kind of crazy talented. I know Jacob Bobenmoyer, he's the long snapper, but I wonder what other skills he has. Because I remember Casey Kreider used to do like he used to do drop kicks at training yep. camp. And and he could, I mean, he could kick it a long way. So I don't know if Jacob Bobenmoyer has some like unique skills that we don't necessarily know about. I don't know if you have like the regular center snap him the ball and he can do something with it. I have no idea. I remember I think it was Doug Flutie used to do uh he used to do the drop kicks, or it was some quarterback like Doug Flutie back in the day. So I don't know, man. It, it could get crazy in this game. Like you said on yesterday's show, it's kind of like a meaningless game. Let's try some fun, crazy stuff. I mean, get Pat McAfee out there. Get get somebody out there. Drew Locke punting. I'm here for I'm here for pretty much anything. So I don't know what's gonna happen, but I think there's some really fascinating scenarios, specifically in terms of like kickoffs. Like if you have to get to a kickoff position without a kicker, that would be <laughs> that would be hilarious to watch. I'm down to bring Ocho Cinco out of retirement just to do PATs and, and to be go. able to you know kick. I, not necessarily field goals. I mean, week 18, we talk about, you know, Broncos essentially have nothing to play for. This is one of those things, too. I think if you do have the dynamic where you don't go for it on, you know, if you have to go for it on fourth down, if you can't kick a field goal, this is where I worry about player safety, right? Injuries. You know, you increase the risk of injuries for some of your key guys, and I I just don't know if it's worth it. So, yes, I, I do hope that the Broncos at some point, like today, there's no practice on Tuesday as we're recording this podcast, but if they continue to have symptoms, then they're not going to be ready for Saturday. So now you do have to bring somebody in and just a weird dynamic because you don't usually see that. I, I remember the Chargers last week before the game, both their kickers were on the COVID list, and luckily they got one of them back, but, man, Wild times in the NFL, ladies and gentlemen. Coming up here in just a moment, we'll Sarah and myself. We're going to analyze. We had a great question from a Broncos fan in our mailbag about which veteran options could the Broncos move on from in the 2022 season. We really take a look. We make the case for them to stay or if the Broncos should look elsewhere. Coming up here in just a moment. But before we do that, let me tell you about the sponsor. Today's episode of Lockdown Broncos. You know it. You love it. It's our good friends over there at Bilt Bar. I offered Pat McAfee a year's worth of Bilt Bar if he comes to Denver this week to punt and kick for the Denver Broncos. We'll see if that happens. But Bill Bar is the best tasting protein bar that is out there on the market today. The bars are covered in 100% chocolate and they are soft and easy to chew. It's like biting into a cloud when you do it, ladies and gentlemen. They have nine amazing, delicious flavors plus the occasional limited time flavor that you get every single month at Bill.com. So find a flavor that you like or your fiance likes or your family likes and you can get a mixed box of assorted flavors sent to your doorstep here with Bill Bar today. Not to mention, Bill Bar gives you the extra fuel that you need to power through some of your toughest days. 
If you're feeling lackadaisical, a built bar is a great way to give you a little bit of that boost because it's got 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, and only four grams of sugar, ladies and gentlemen. And you can get your hands on a box of built bar later by going to built.com. And when you go to checkout, make sure you use promo code LOCK15. You know what that's going to do? That's going to get you 15% off your next order. Once again, promo code LOCK15 gets you 15% off at built.com. All right, sir, jumping into the second half action on today's episode, Lockdown Broncos. Once again, Broncos country, thank you so much for making Lockdown Broncos your first listen of the day. And ladies and gentlemen, this is what we want you to do. If you can wake up in the morning when you're getting ready to drive to work or if you're going to the gym, turn on the Lockdown Broncos podcast as Sarah and I bring you daily Denver Broncos news content and coverage from an objective point of view. You get that here every single day, all year long. It never ceases to exist. Broncos coverage here, courtesy of the Lockdown Podcast Network. Sarah, my friend, we had a great mailbag question from one listener of the show. Show here on Twitter, who sent it in at Career Work NFL at Sarah Benninger at Lockdown Broncos. He asked the question: Which veteran options could the Broncos move on from in the 2022 season? And just looking at the roster, looking at some expiring contracts, there's a lot of intriguing options. Now we got to make the case. We're going to go through them, and we're going to say whether or not the Broncos should bring them back, or whether the Broncos would benefit from moving on from them. So. Let's start off right here with the secondary. I think the first guy everyone's going to take a look at, Kyle Fuller. Now, he was signed a one-year deal with the Broncos. Unfortunately, his production, his impact hasn't lived up to the contract that they signed him to this season in terms of on-field value. Do you think that the Broncos give him another chance this, this upcoming season, or do they move on from him? I think the Broncos can kind of comfortably move on from Kyle Fuller. You know, similar to what we saw with A.J. Bouye, I just feel like it's it was a move that like it made so much sense and it 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 was something that I think we all thought could really work out because Kyle Fuller he played so well for Vic Fangio before I think we all assumed he could do it again and and I think that was a fair assumption and I think the process for signing Kyle Fuller especially for just 9.5 million like that was a really good move at the time but I think you can comfortably move on from him now we've seen time and time again you know from the first game of the season to the most recent game we've seen kind of the fact that he's given up big plays deep downfield especially getting out of position getting out of place I don't know if he's necessarily lost a step athletically I kind of get the vibe that maybe moving forward maybe the best role for him is going to be that nickel or dime you know we saw him really effective blitzing playing against the run We've seen him make some really nice tackles this season. Unfortunately, just haven't seen very many big plays in coverage. You know, he was known for ball production in Chicago. We just haven't seen that much at all from him. So I think definitely, Cody, that's a player to move on from. And I think also another former Bears guy in the secondary could potentially be on that list as well. Yeah, and we're talking about Bryce Callahan. His contract is expiring. Sarah, I think this is a tough dilemma. You know, for me, I think it's pretty easy. I would bring back Bryce Callahan because, you know what, he can play really well in the slot. But we had a conversation about this, I think, a couple of weeks ago. If, in fact, Vic Fangio is fired, would Bryce Callahan leave Denver to go wherever Vic goes or Ed Donatel goes? And I think it presents an interesting topic of discussion here. But, like, for me, it's an organization. You know, I, I feel like Bryce Callahan is so well tight-knit within the secondary room there with Justin Simmons uh, and another guy we're going to talk about here in a little bit, not to mention Patrick Sertan. It'd be very hard to see him leaving Denver for that standpoint. And, and I think he wants to be in Denver. From what I've been told, what I've gathered, he loves it in Denver. He's got a really good relationship with the coaches in the locker room. And he's just, you know, he's one of the guys that the Broncos really believe a lot in. So I imagine George Payton sees that. I think it goes back to the biggest question we look at since his time of signing with Denver, the variety of injuries that he's dealt with, the time that he has missed. Now, 
Glad that he's been back from that very brutal looking knee injury that when we saw that happen, we had feared the worst because, I mean, it was bad looking. The hyperextension, it brought me right back to when I had tore my ACL. But luckily, it was just an LCL sprain. He was able to come back in several weeks. Now, you know, I think the, it took him a week or two to kind of get things going. There's a little bit of rust there. He's so valuable from the nickel. It's really hard to find guys like that. So you really have to imagine. But, you know, a lot, a lot of what the Broncos do with Bryce Callahan, Sarah, I think is going to set the table for what they might do with another guy. And who is that option in the Broncos secondary right now? Yeah, I think Kareem Jackson is another guy. You know, the Broncos signed him in free agency. He was one of their priority guys back in the 2019 offseason after the hiring of Vic Fangio. And Fangio helped him transition to the safety position and really become – kind of an upper tier player at the safety position, I would say, especially in terms of what they ask him to do in playing, you know, just fast downhill, attacking the line of scrimmage. He has he hasn't necessarily been Justin Simmons in coverage, but man, Kareem Jackson has just been a, such a well-rounded player for Vic Fangio in the secondary. I could see that being something where okay, the Broncos already, you know, they declined his his option in 2021 and he came back anyway. I could see the potential of you know, if Vic Fangio goes to a team in Texas, like, you know, I've mentioned before, I feel like the Dallas Cowboys, if Dan Quinn gets hired by another team, the Broncos or otherwise, I feel like Fangio could easily step in to a role in Dallas. And we know that Kareem Jackson, he lives in, in Texas. So that's something that I think that we could see happen very easily. You know, like that's that's a, a pretty seamless transition, right? Is yeah. for him to go back to that state potentially, you know, be close to home, be in Vic Fangio's defense where he can play safety. And 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 I think that's something that you look at with any of these guys, right? Is is the fact of like some of these guys have really blossomed in Fangio's defensive scheme. Two guys in particular are, are the guys that we projected as the starting linebackers to open this season, Josie Jewell and Alexander Johnson. So I'm interested to know what you think, especially given the recent developments at that position for the Broncos. What do you think happens to those two guys? Well, you mentioned the recent developments, right? That's Baron Browning. That's Jonas Griffith. That's Kenny Young being those players that George Payton himself has gone out and has acquired. Obviously, you got uh, Jonas Griffith via trade. You've got Baron Browning via the NFL draft and Kenny Young via trade. These are all George Payton guys. Now, for Alexander Josie Jewell, those aren't George Payton guys necessarily. So it, it might be easier for him to move on from one of these guys or both of them, probably more so than it is us. I know Alexander Johnson would like to stay in Denver. I know that Josie Jewell would love to stay in Denver. Both guys, unfortunately, suffered season-ending injuries. Josie Jewell is playing really good football from the Mike Backer position, right? And we talk about the need for athleticism. You need a really good Mike that can play really tight against the run, and he's very underrated in coverage. I've, I've never understood the narrative where people are like, Josie Jewell is not a good coverage linebacker. His job is primarily not to bend that, but when he's been put in those situations, he's done a pretty good job. I, I think that there's an argument to make there that you do keep Josie Jewell on this team. If it were up to me, and if I had to choose between one, between Alexander Johnson and Josie Jewell, I would choose Josie Jewell in this situation just because of the fact that Jewell is younger and we saw a lot of flash from him from the Mike position. Alexander Johnson plays the Will Backer position. And look, that's where Baron Browning, that's where guys like Jonas Griffith really step up to the plate. And that's where they have that value. You want to have really good depth at linebacker. I mean, I, I just don't see a situation where Alexander Johnson stays, all things considered, with some of the changes the Broncos are going to make. Now, do you agree? Do you disagree? I agree with that, honestly. And if it was up to me as well, Cody, I would also prioritize Josie Jewell. My Hawkeye bias aside, 
I think <laughs> Josie has developed a little bit better over the last couple seasons. And man, I know it was a smaller sample size, but he was looking like he was making some really big strides this season as well. Even the hit that he made that knocked him out for the year on special teams. I mean, it was a huge hit. It was a punishing, just vicious hit. So uh, I think Josie Jewell for me is the guy. And like you said, he's underrated in coverage. I think he does a tremendous job in the running game, obviously. But one area that I think Josie Jewell that, that really rounded out his game that Vic Fangio, I think, deserves a lot of credit for unearthing is how good he is at blitzing and rushing the QB. We didn't even see a ton of that at Iowa, to be honest with you. And, and so for him to be able to do that in the NFL, he showed a lot of a lot of speed and quickness and instincts and ability to attack. And I think for me, the one the one thing that's pulling me two directions on this is that I feel like Vic Fangio has such a level of trust for Josie Jewell. We know the inside backer position, very tough to master in Vic Fangio's yeah. scheme. Josie has developed such a trust with him that you could see Vic maybe doing some recruiting, doing the recruiting pitch. But hey, money talks when we're talking about free agency. And I think that's going to be a, a situation where, you know, we look at the offensive guys as well, Cody, and, and like just to rattle off some names off the top of my head, we have Bobby Massey, we have Melvin Gordon, we have Teddy Bridgewater. Those are three more guys that I feel like, you know, they could potentially be on the way out of Denver. If you resign two of those guys, meaning not Teddy Bridgewater, <laughs> I could be on yeah. board for that. <laughs> but I think that definitely there's going to be a lot of roster changing and for the better in, in Denver this year. But I think there are some of these guys that you try to keep. I think it depends on what George Payton envisions for right tackle, right? Is there going to be a better free agent option out there that maybe has a little bit more of an athletic skill set, is a little bit more solidified than where Bobby Massey has been? Look, Massey has been solid for the Broncos this season. It's been a very good pickup for them so far in terms of one year, but you need something more than just a one-year rental guy, right? And so if the Broncos internally believe as an organization Bobby Massey can be that guy for the next two to three years, well then, you know, I'm not opposed to them going with him. However, the offensive line in general has to improve a lot. They've, they've really struggled as of late and not sure if it's relative to Pat Schirmer's scheme or anything else. I know that's a wide talking point there, but I'd be on board with bringing back Melvin Gordon as well. And Sarah, look, it's so valuable to have a one-two punch at tailback that could be as contributing as Javante Williams, Melvin Gordon. Let's not forget Melvin Gordon yesterday met with the media and even said like, hey, I really believe that this roster is a Super Bowl roster, but we just can't figure out how to piece things together with the on-field play. And he's 100% right in terms of that. And I think that there's been that talking point. I would love to see Melvin Gordon back. Now to go to your point at Teddy Bridgewater, no, I would not bring him back. And, and look, here's the deal. Teddy was that one-year rental that the Broncos coaches believe would be the safer option. And ideally, he was the safer option. But it didn't lead to anything. It didn't lead to playoff success. It didn't lead to the Broncos making the postseason. You know, he battled his own ups and downs this season. He's going to probably not play against the Chiefs. and But wish him the best. I just don't see the Broncos bringing him back. I just don't see the value for it uh, at this point in time. So, Oh, you know, I think we'll kind of leave it at that, my friend. But, you know, coming up here in just a moment, I think we also had another great question about a Broncos fan asking us, what are the odds of the Broncos drafting a quarterback versus going the free agency or the trade route? Which would be the better option when you look at it more than just who you need and the position itself? The other elements that you have to factor into it about draft capital or developmental status. Well, that's something we're going to talk about coming up here in just a moment, Broncos country. But before we do that, let me tell you about the other sponsor today's episode, Lockdown Broncos. That's our friends at the Get Upside app. And ladies and gentlemen, you never have to pay full price at the gas pump ever again with the free Get Upside app, which you can download in the Google Play Store or your favorite app store, whatever device that you have, Get Upside has you covered. And ladies and gentlemen, every single time you go to your gas tank and you fill up, they give you 25 cents per gallon cash back 
every single time. And if you sign up today and use promo code touchdown, they're going to give you an additional 25 cents on top of that. So you'll be making 50 cents per gallon cash back on your first tank fill up here today, ladies and gentlemen, with the Get Upside app. And drivers, they're making up to $200 to $300 per month in cash back alone based on how much and how often that they drive around and use the Get Upside app. Like I mentioned, you'll never have to pay full price at the gas pump ever again. So check it out today, ladies and gentlemen. And they make it easy for you to cash out. Once you fill up your tank, you get the points directly to your account. You can cash out by connecting your bank account, PayPal, or other e-gift card brands like Amazon and other brands that you can check out. So check it out today, the GetUpside app. Download it in your favorite app store. Use promo code TOUCHDOWN to get an additional $0.25 cents per gallon cash back today free with the GetUpside app. All right, Sarah, jumping in for core action on today's episode of Lockdown Broncos. Once again, Broncos country, mile high salute. Sarah and I, we love you. Thank you so much for tuning in here today. We're going to talk about the odds of the Broncos drafting a quarterback versus going the free agency route. And this was a great question that was sent in by a user on Twitter here for our mailbag. Thank you so much for your interaction here, ladies and gentlemen, for this on the mailbag on Twitter at Cody Work and Fail at Sarah Bender at Lockdown Broncos. But I, I think it's a very interesting question, Sarah, because this is the conversation. I know Broncos country hates this conversation, but I think it's very valid right now considering the state of where the franchise is at here in Week 18. We have no idea what they're going to do at quarterback, but are the Broncos more than likely going, willing to sacrifice experience by drafting a rookie, or do you think it's more appealing for them to give up draft capital for experience, and you're not guaranteed how long you'll get that experience for? I think it's a very interesting question. It really is, and this is a tough, tough dilemma for George Payton, right? As the general manager of the team, like there is so much context here for this this question. Like for for everyone in Broncos country, this question has context going back to 20, 2015, 2016. Like wondering who is the future at the quarterback position. And and for George Payton, this question is vastly different because this is his first ever general manager job. And, and he can't make a decision based on the fans' impatience to me. Yeah. So while I do believe what he said, because we've seen examples of it time and again, I do believe what George Payton said, the Broncos will be in on every deal. So if a player like Aaron Rodgers actually becomes available, I feel like George Payton is going to take a huge, huge swing at that. If Russell Wilson becomes available, I don't care the conversations about his declining play. I believe that George Payton is going to be absolutely in on that deal. And even though this isn't the most attractive option or there's other options I don't feel are quite as attractive, like like we talked about on yesterday's show, Kirk Cousins, Matt Ryan, Jimmy Garoppolo, other players like that who, who maybe don't necessarily move the needle for the fans, I do feel like George Payton is going to at least ask about the price on those guys and see what it would take. We saw that he asked on the price for Matthew Stafford. Potentially even offers were made. Yeah. If that's the case, I feel like he is going to be in on every deal, like he said. Now, I can't personally help but think this, Cody, that that a, a rookie quarterback is a much more likely option than I think fans want to think it is because fans don't want to, to have to be patient with a rookie quarterback right now. They want the microwave fix. They want the instant fix. And, and I understand that completely. But to me, if I'm George Payton, I'm not taking anything off the table. The draft capital that he just acquired has given ultimate flexibility. And here I am smacking my smacking my table, just <laughs> trying to make points here. But man, I love it. I can't help. I love it too. I love it too. And I can't help but think it's the most likely option. I'm interested to know what you think, especially based on what you've been hearing from within the organization, because I think this is a huge, huge talking point. Obviously, for the next three, four months for us, this is what we're going to be talking about. 
I mean, hopefully it's settled by March or April at the latest, right? You don't want to go into July saying, hey, what's the quarterback situation going to be for the Broncos? I think you make great points, too. And I like the point that you made about George Payton not just eliminating an option right away and saying, hey, we're going to go, this is the only way. I think keeping your options open is going to be great because you never know what other teams could come into the mix and potentially try to entice. I mean, it's a trade-off. You you mentioned Matthew Stafford. The LA Rams, they just offered simply more than what Denver was willing to give up in that situation because there was that previous relationship with Brad Holmes and the LA Rams, not to mention just the capital and what they wanted to do and where Matthew Stafford wanted to go to have a chance to win a championship. That's what ultimately was the deal, even if the Broncos were very interested in Matthew Stafford. I think it's a very intriguing option. There's also the option, too, if the Denver Broncos, like you mentioned, if they go with the draft route for a quarterback this upcoming offseason, everyone's saying this is the worst draft class in quite some time. How many years in a row have we heard that about various prospects? I mean, various quarterback classes. I feel like it changes every year, but I I feel like it's so easy to grab that low-hanging fruit narrative that we see somebody, some draft analyst tweet out, and then all of a sudden it becomes, it spreads like wildfire. I I think that there's some really intriguing options here, but it goes back to what you mentioned. Fans have to be willing to be patient with that person's development, and it's going to be on George Payton to put a staff in place to develop that player, to take time, to take the lumps, to take the bruises along the way. And if he flashes, that's fantastic, but there has to be patience. Now, if you do that, in my opinion, I still think that the Broncos keep Drew Locke on the roster. And yes, maybe he's the backup guy there, but you know, maybe for a rookie guy, having a guy like that where Drew Locke is there, it might help push him. You know, I think if you have a veteran guy there, it creates that uncertainty that we've seen. Like, let's go back to the Miami Dolphins with Tua and Ryan Fitzpatrick. Tua was the rookie guy. He was the first round draft pick. And all of a sudden, anytime he struggled, people were calling for the veteran option. I think that's one of the worst things you can do for a young quarterback that's trying to develop. You need to have somebody that is still developing them. And I think that that would be a really good case for the Denver Broncos here. And and not to mention, you know, George Payton, like you mentioned, has the ultimate draft capital. The war chest has been stocked. He turned, I think, what was it, six picks into 10 picks total for the Broncos in this last NFL draft. He understands what he's doing and he understands how to work with other people. And if they're going to try to screw around with him on the phones during trades, he's going to hang up. He's like, oh, I got a better offer here. Bye. Like, that's how he is. We've seen that from George Payton. So, I, you know, Sarah, I think. I think the Broncos are going to be okay. I, it's going to be this yeah. year. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe it might be two to three years. I understand Broncos country doesn't want to wait that long, but that's a dilemma about sports. How many teams, you know, you have 32 teams in the NFL. Only one team can win the Super Bowl. And it's very, very rare that many teams ever make it to the Super Bowl, let alone win it. The Broncos have done it three times, so it should be fortunate. They've been to the Super Bowl more times, but they've won it three times. So, I don't know. It's going to take time. And I know Broncos country, us talking about patience is very hard because look, as us, as covering the team, we want the team to be successful when the team's winning. Things are great for us, my friends. So I want it to happen as well. You know, very, very quick. It's good for the show, but it's also good for the fan base that we get to interact with. Everything I got got tongue twisted there, sir. I don't know what's up. I know we're hitting stuff and getting tongue twisted. Yeah. But you get the message. You, I do you get the message, Broncos country. And so with that said, ladies and gentlemen, we want to thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode, Lockdown Broncos, free and available everywhere you get your podcasts in audio format. If you're on Spotify, you can now leave a review. So if you listen to the show, you love the show here on Spotify, it would mean the world to Sarah and myself if you go and you leave us a five-star review on Spotify. Also on Apple Podcasts, if you have yet to subscribe or leave a review, write a review. If you love the show, leave us five stars. Tell us why you love it, and you'll be automatically entered into any future contest giveaway that we do here in the Lockdown. 
Lockdown Broncos podcast. Also, you can watch us on Facebook. You see our pretty faces. We got the voices for radio. You got us here. But outside of that, ladies and gentlemen, we appreciate you so much. Thank you so much, Broncos country, for tuning in. Sarah and myself will be back tomorrow with a brand new episode of the show. We'll have a crossover episode with the Lockdown Chiefs guys a little bit later on this week. We have a lot to preview, a lot to break down. Week 18 of the NFL season for the Denver Broncos. It all comes to an end on Saturday. 